Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Hot Up the Mess. I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and happy fucking Friday, you guys. We fucking made it. I've made it by like the skin of my fucking teeth, to be honest. I have blisters all over my hands from building. I'm truly Bobette the Builder. And I mean, I don't know how people do this. I and I when I started it, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can build anything. And you know what? I can, but there's a lot of tears and a lot of bloodshed is all I'm going to say. But overall, the you know, a little move update. Things are going good. Just got, you know, just basically just lots of shit to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it was my mom's birthday this week. So we went to her. Um, we went to a Tigers game, which is a baseball game for those not in Detroit, um, which is probably all of you. Um, because that was like her favorite activity. And it was so much fun. We got to go on the we were on like the jumbo jumbotron the screen the big screen and guess who fucking was there you guys Flava Flav was there and of course my dad doesn't know who that is and they kept like flashing to him on the screen not my dad they kept flashing to Flava Flav on this screen and at one point he was rapping one of his songs you know like they they played his song and then he was like lip syncing it or rapping or whatever and my dad just looks at me and he goes oh my god that guy knows all the words and I was like yeah dad that's that's flavor flavor that's literally his song um it was really funny maybe you just had to be there and that was a really dumb story I don't know um so there's a couple things that I want to get into before we get into the breakdown of Real Houses of New Jersey and Vanderpump Rules um right off the top guys rest in peace pump restaurant yeah I'm so sad pump restaurant is closing its doors on July 5th. It is said that it's with heavy hearts that we announced that the lease at Pump Restaurant is expiring and we will be closing its doors on July 5th after 10 years of beautiful evenings under our olive trees. Now, I had to take a big pause when I read that because I was like, 10 years? Because I remember like when they were building it, like I remember when it was like she was importing these trees from Italy or wherever the fuck she got them from. How the fuck has it been 10 years? I'm being dead ass serious. There's also a moment in Real Houses, New Jersey, when um, Melania and Adriana are talking about bringing a date to the bridal shower to the to the dinner at Avra, which we'll get into. And I'm like, how did we get here? How am I, how are they old enough to be doing this? But so I guess back to pump, um, there's been a rent increase is the blame is to blame for the restaurant closing. They say, while we have loved our time operating pump to take on another 10 year lease with a huge increase in rent by the landlords is not something we are ready to commit to and successfully running 37 establishments for many years. This type of rent is untenable. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Very sad. I've been to Pump before and I got absolutely fucking wrecked at Pump. Um, if you go there, you will get shipping. <laughs> um, okay. So there's that. The other thing that came across my desk this week is that there's a possible investigation into Louis Aurelia's. You guys. We've all been thinking it. We've all been kind of just wondering like when this is going to happen. So Louis Relias is the co-founder and executive vice president of this company called Digital Media Solutions Incorporated. He kind of talked about it on um, Watch What Happens Live a few weeks ago. 
And of course, not even a few weeks ago, it probably was months at this point, but I don't, I can't keep track anymore. Um, ever since Scandal, I just feel like life has really turned the fuck up. And um, I don't even know what's going on. But I remember Andy being like, that sounds like something Jen Shaw just got arrested for. So businesswire.com put out a thing yesterday and it says Glancy, Prange and Murray LLP announces investigation of digital media solutions. If you own digital, oh my God, I cannot speak. If you own digital media solution stock, would like to learn more about these claims or have any questions concerning this announcement or your rights or interests with respect to these matters, please contact Tom Kennedy. Wow. Wow. It's basically an investigation concerning the company and its directors and officers' possible violations of state laws. Oh, God. It just makes me so fucking anxious for Tree. Because I'm like, girl, did you, what'd you do? You know, what did you do? Also, I have to tell you guys, I've been obsessed with Topo Chico lately. Like, I can't stop drinking it. Because I'm a big seltzer girl. Like, I really love, um, like, Spindrifts. I love LaCroix. But there's something in those that, like, give me kind of a headache. And I don't know what, it, they make me feel really weird. Like they taste really good and I will continue to drink them despite the fact that they do give me some sort of like physical reaction. Um, I have to say like the Topo Chico, just the regular mineral water is really, really good. And I've done like the Pellegrino before. It just, it doesn't hit the same. The Topo Chico is really good. Anyway, sorry, I got a little distracted. But there's something I want to talk about before we get into the recaps and that is Nick Vial. I have gone on rants about how much I just don't like him, how much, you know, I think he's not even problematic. I don't want to even go that. I don't think he's like problematic, but like it, we don't, it, where to even begin? He's just kind of not my kind of person, but I have to say, I agree with him when it comes to his take on the Love is Blind lawsuit that's going on. So seven former cast members of Love is Blind have spoken out against the production company Kinetic, and they have said that the living conditions were horrible. They were paid minimum wage. There wasn't um, proper psychiatric evaluations done you know they said that they were in contact with people's therapists and they weren't just overall just fucking traumatic experiences okay that's horrible and nick thompson he's of season two he married danielle i think we all remember when they sat in like that corn and hot dog suit on his couch on his couch he's like been really kind of leading this charge against um Netflix and its production companies. And at first, like when I read the inside business insider put out this like expose, basically like blowing up, you know, love is blind. I read it and I'm like, yeah, this is horrible. But like you're like you're on a reality show, you know, but I saw like a ton of discourse online being like, well, no, like that's horrible. They shouldn't do this. But it's like I don't know. There was something not sitting right in my spirit about it. And I couldn't put my finger on why. And I didn't want to speak out against it just yet. So I kind of waited because this came out uh, like middle of April. So then 
it comes out that Nick Thompson started a like not-for-profit charity called You Can. And its whole purpose basically is to give aid and resources to former reality stars and um you know help them with any legal contracts that they you know if if they want to go on a reality show you can contact them and have a lawyer like look over your contract and make sure like everything is good whatever but the thing is is that they're asking people to donate to this charity and there's that I was like that's what it is there's something about that that I just don't fucking like. And then I listened. I can't believe I did this. I listened to the Nick Vial podcast, The Vial Files. <laughs> I am such a loser. He actually has like some pretty good interviews with some of the cast members of Vanderpump Rules. Like I'm not even going to lie. But so I had to listen to this and I completely was in agreement with him. He's actually he came off incredibly self-aware in this interview. Like, of course, like the headlines were like Nick Vial says, you know, fuck these entitled pieces of shit. And like, he basically does say that, but he also talks about his own experiences in that realm because like he has gone on The Bachelor three different times. Like he was on The Bachelorette and then he was The Bachelor and then he went on Bachelor in Paradise. Like this man has fucking made his rounds and he's really capitalized off of his time on these shows. So he kind of, you know, took to the streets. He went on his podcast and just fucking annihilated them. And I was kind of living for it because he's saying like, of course, you know, you should be living in like suitable conditions, et cetera, et cetera. He goes, but you also signed up to be there. You signed a contract that said, I'm using his words, I'm a guinea pig. Like, you signed up for something called an experiment. Shit is going to happen. There is going to be psychological warfare. You are going on a reality show. But everyone's going on this. You're not really going on to find love. Let's be fucking honest. You are going on the show because it gives you a fucking platform. Nick Thompson walked out of this experience with over 330,000 Instagram followers. And he's fucking complaining because because what? He's asking people to donate, like at me, donate my money to Nick Thompson and his charity to help reality stars who willingly go on a TV show. I'm sorry, you can get fucked. It just doesn't make sense. Like, of course, there are, you know, produ- production elements within these shows that I'm sure aren't, you know, 100% kosher and perfect. But at the same time, you are putting yourself in that position. You are the one willingly getting mic'd up, get, sitting in these pods and, you know, doing everything. And then he goes on to say, he's like, I've interviewed several former cast members of this show who have who've like disagreed with what Nick is saying. Nick was saying like they didn't have food. They didn't have like basic necessities. And like there are other cast members, I guess, who have been like, that's not true. Like the fridges were fully stocked. Like we were perfectly fine. Like 
it just is so crazy. So he says, this is what Nick said, the audacity. There's so many problems going on in this world and these motherfuckers want you to solve this, this world problem, the poor reality TV star who got to go on TV and become famous for no fucking reason and be gifted Instagram followers. Let's solve this insane problem. Once we solve this problem, the world will be a much better fucking place. Give us your money because we don't have the trees to save. No, we have poor reality TV stars who aren't smart enough to monetize their Instagram page. And as harsh as that is, as like blunt as that is, I, uh, I agree. I agree. And it just seems, it, it just seems like I can't believe I'm agreeing with Nick Vial. I really can't. I'm just, I'm very, very shocked. Um, but of course now Nick Thompson's like, you know, saying this is horrible. It's inhumane, the cast treatment. Um, I mean, I don't feel like it was inhumane. I just feel like more cast members would speak out if this was the case. And I don't know. Am I crazy? Or do you guys agree? I'm really curious because at first, because it's Nick, I was like, okay, I'm going to like take a beat and think about this and like really, you know, give it, give it my all here. (laughs) when it comes to thoughts. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I find myself agreeing with him. You know, he said, he goes, it takes your willingness to be a guinea pig and your desire to be famous. I went on for the experience and in the back of my mind, I would have not gone on if I didn't think what might come of this. And you know, he he basically just keeps doubling down and he's like tens of thousands of people would be so grateful to be in this position that Nick Thompson is in, who was gifted 30, 330,000 Instagram followers, which is essentially a lottery ticket. People are so unaware of the special treatment that like people myself who go on this show and, and get the access they are given and the opportunities. I mean, yeah. So it's it seems a little far-fetched to be like, we were it was so inhumane what we had gone through. It's like, you were on a reality show in a fucking pod. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? I don't know. It just, I can't believe I'm agreeing with him. It's crazy. Anyway, let's, let's think about that some more over the weekend and we can pick Christine Bianca Villa's brain because she is officially coming on Monday. There was a little mix up in communication. I thought she said she could do Thursday. She can't do Thursday. It was my bad whatever. We will discuss everything with Christine on Monday. Okay. So let's just dive into Real Housewives of New Jersey. I know I come on this podcast almost every single week and just say like, wow, I'm really loving Jersey this season, but I really fucking am. Like there were, I liked the idea that we're kicking off the episode with Danielle and her mom and her, and her husband and those two little kids. I liked that. I thought it was like fresh. I thought it was fun. There's something about Danielle that just feels so familiar to me. Like she just feels like someone I know. And maybe it's because I did see her on True Life. And like I do remember watching that episode like a bunch of times because it was like that was those type of shows were always on reruns on MTV. But there's just something about them that just feels like really, really natural on camera. And while I don't agree with her when it comes to like I was attacked more than anybody that's ever walked this earth on this Ireland trip, because babe, 
if you can't handle that Ireland trip, which actually went a lot smoother than any other trip these Jersey girls have ever gone on. I mean, these these women were almost arrested in Puerto Rico. They almost went to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's take a step. Let's take a beat. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's all relax. Um, If I'm not mistaken, at some point, you know, Jennifer tried to like throw a knife. I mean, she did throw a knife at um, Melissa and then like shook a broken glass at her. You know what I'm saying? Like things have gone worse. Um, So I'm really into her. And I'm also really into this Rachel Fuda storyline because I see some people online talking about like this is like really selfish of her and really stupid. But it's like, are you guys using your fucking brains? She hasn't just been married to this man, John, for like several years. They've been together for over, I think, a decade. They've been in each other's lives for a very long time. And from what I'm gathering is Jaden's mom is absolutely out of the picture. She is in and out of prison. Um, Someone posted her like jail record. I'm not going to get into all that, but it was like, it's not looking good. It's feeling very Daniel Staub energy, if you know what I'm saying, picking up what I'm laying down. And I'm just like, I understand where she's coming from. I, I'm super interested to see how this plays out. Jaden seems to be on board with this. Like, this isn't like she's making this kid like all of a sudden like be her child. Like, that's ridiculous. I also just really like Rachel. I think she's a good person. And so I'm just, I'm kind of really into what's going on with her. So then we get to Bill and Jennifer and they're really fucking hung up on Olivia wanting to be a love therapist. They keep talking about it. Olivia wants to be a love therapist, love therapist, love therapist. It's like, okay, I don't think that's all Margaret. You and Bill also don't seem to be having a, you're not really connecting right now. And Jennifer has like brought that up. She's like, Bill goes to the pool house. Bill doesn't spend time with us. Bill just comes straight home from work and doesn't say hi. All of that. So it's like, I don't think that's all Margaret, babe. That's actually what's going on in your house. That's actually what is fucking happening in your fucking house. Olivia's not tuned in. Olivia is nine years old. She's not tuned into Margaret Joseph's. Okay. She's tuned into what she's fucking seeing in front of her. And what she's seeing in front of her is making her nervous. Because she sees her two parents either fighting or being disconnected. Now, why the fuck... This little girl knows what lingerie is and what it's for is kind of strange because I don't think I did, but hey, whatever. You know, I don't think I would have ever looked. And my mom and I are best friends. I tell her everything, okay? Everything. I don't think I would ever look at my mom if she was still married to my dad and be like, you two should really, you need to wear lingerie for dad. That is disgusting. She would look at me and be like, Samantha, don't ever say that again. Like that, ew, like don't be weird. Like that's just a really strange thing for a little kid to say. I also am fascinated. Like where are all the older kids? Why are we only seeing Olivia? Do the older kids not want to be on camera anymore? Are they busy? I would love to tap in with Gabby. Where's Gabby? I'm just curious. She's got five kids and we see one. Where the fuck are they? Just curious. Just curious. So then we um, go to the back porch. We're on the back porch. And Olivia's like playing with this strange hose that had like all these things coming off of it. If anybody knows what that is, I'm really, really curious because it looked like a, a really fancy water balloon filler upper. Like it had all these different attachments. 
I'll post a picture to my Instagram and you guys tell me what it is because I was very intrigued by it. Um, Because as a kid who loved water balloons and like like water fights, because, you know, I am a Scorpio, so I'm a water baby through and through. And I'm just curious. Like, I just want to know, like, what the fuck that was. And did she end up throwing them at anybody? Because I feel like she's a little mischievous little girl in the best way, in the best way only, because I love Olivia. She's a queen. So Bill and John start talking about everything and he just is like, no to therapy, like not happening. No to therapy. He goes, you're the only one that's complaining. You're the only one that has complaints. And something you guys like, he just seems so done. Like he's, he just wants to sail off into the sunset. And now that I'm looking at this relationship and I know I said it was very Shannon and David Bedore. I'm going to tell you, it's kind of giving me Don and Vicky. It's kind of giving me Don and Vicky, you guys. He just wants to drink his Coronas, go to work, chill out, come home, do whatever. The only difference is Don. All the two kids were grown and he, you know, could do that. This guy needs to be a little bit more active and an active participant in his children's lives. Bill just strikes me as the guy that would be like, yeah, I'm babysitting the kids. It's like, mm, sir, you're raising them. Those are, those are your children. Um, and Jennifer's just kind of amping up, you know, because I do remember Don and Vicky were kind of always having this kind of argument with each other where he was like, you're the only one with complaints about this relationship. And she's like, okay, well that's also not fucking true. Like you also make your digs. You also make comments. Like it's not just me. I find that really entertaining, not entertaining. Oh my God. Oh, I mean, it is, but I meant interesting that there is like that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm fucking losing it because I really do see the, the similarities between those two couples. Not saying they're hundred percent identical. No one freak out and send me mean messages. I'm just saying I see the connection between the two. Then we go to try on Teresa's bridesmaids dresses. And I mean, it's crazy to me to see these girls. It's fucking insane. We literally saw Adriana be born. And she is a full-blown teenager. I just can't believe it. I can't fucking believe it. It's so crazy. Like, I've been watching these girls for that long, consistently every year of my life. Real Housewives is my longest relationship. My longest, most consistent, fulfilling relationship I've ever had. What What does that tell you? Because no matter what... Bravo keeps me fed and Bravo keeps me happy. Bravo keeps my love tank full, baby. Okay. I am constantly, there's constantly something on that I'm watching. A Vanderpump, Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Like no matter what, like I'm, I'm always watching something on Bravo. Anyway, so they're talking and Joe calls. Joe, use. And, um, it was kind of a really nice moment between him and Teresa, you know, where she was like, you know, I hope one day you can come back here. And that is just so crazy to me. Like we really watched this family fall apart. And, you know, it's really a crazy, crazy thing to say that you've watched for over, what is it, 12 years So to like see him call from the Bahamas because he got deported and like his now 
ex-wife who's Teresa is like getting married to this other man and it's like this strange like it really hit me in that moment like holy shit this is like so weird that we witnessed this maybe I'm guys I maybe I'm losing it I don't know I really thought it was like very strange not in a bad way but like very surreal I guess very surreal that we got to see that um and it really I don't know it obviously we've seen a lot of moments like we literally saw them go to Italy and Joe was like you think we're gonna fuck tonight and she's like no Joe I literally hate you like please he's like okay no cuddles I was like you were sick he was like swirling that one he's like fucking kids I'm like you've been in prison I think you can handle your kids for 15 minutes sir like chill he was so annoying he was he was so crazy I mean, he was like so Jersey, like he was Jersey. But like when you really go back and think about it, like this man was a fucking menace. Like, do you remember when he did that somersault and his face landed on the granite? I will never forget that. That like traumatized me. I can't imagine how Gia felt. She was like, he was wasted off of wine and he slammed his face on the on the marble floor at their old house. So fucking crazy. So I don't know. I thought that was a really nice moment between them. I think it's good for the girls to see that. I'm really curious about Adriana. She is a, she's a mystery to me. People always say Gabriella this, Gabriella that. I'm saying Adriana's going to be the one to come out with the tell-all. Because she's the one that's most detached from Joe. She's the one that was little. She got to kind of experience the family in a very different way. Like Gia and Gabriella experienced like, the closeness with Joe, um, both Joes and Melissa at a certain point. And um, so it's just kind of interesting how probably Adriana has like a very, very different perspective of what happened, uh, especially because she grew up her entire life on camera. Um, I just I just think we got to like keep an eye out for her because I feel like she's going to come with something at some point in our lives with a book or a tell all it for like Us Weekly. Then we get this sit down with Dolo and Big Frank. And you guys, when I saw when they cut the cameras to Big Frank on that motorcycle in his leather vest with his necklace that says number one dad, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And I eat it up. I, do you guys ever have those moments in Bravo, like, or TV in general where you're like, I am so into this show, but like, what the fuck am I watching? Why am I so invested in the life of a man named Frank Catania Sr.? You know what I'm saying? It's so funny to me. Like when he rolled up uh, and Dolores was like, we never have talks about this. We never have talks about feelings. Never. And then like he rolls up vroom vroom on the motorcycle. I was like, and then he took the leather vest off and underneath was that tank top. Hmm, that dusty tank. It was something, you know, but again, I'm very attracted to Frank Senior. And they're going back and forth because baby Frank, Frank Jr. got a, his dream job. They never say what it is, but his dream job. And I believe that he's a very hard worker that Frank Jr. And, um, he Frank senior is like looking at Dolores and is like, okay, I, you know, he wants to take us out to dinner. She goes, okay, like Polly will come. And he goes, no, Polly, no Polly. And she's like, okay, but like Brittany can come and goes, I don't want Brittany. I just wanted us. I just want us. And I'm like, you need to be reminded, sir, 
that you could have had just us. You could have, but you didn't. You decided going and fucking whores on boats was more fucking important than your wife. Okay? He needs to be reminded of that every fucking day. And as much as I love Frank, I also need him to like take a step back and take a fucking beat and be like, you know what? Dolores deserves to be happy. And if that means I am not, you know, calling her every day and comparing her to my dead mother, then maybe that's what I need to do. Like he needs to fucking respect what she is saying. And he's never experienced boundaries with her before ever because the moment she puts them up, he has no idea what to do. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't love him. It doesn't mean she doesn't care about him. It just means like, hey, I'm in a serious relationship. He goes, well, it was just the four of us all the time. And she goes, yeah, because we weren't dating anybody, Frank. You fucking moron. Your little tank top. Your little vest. My God. My God. So stupid. I'm not really going to talk about Antonia getting a car because it's like really not that big of a deal, but I do need to tell everybody that I am a Donna Marco stan when she just goes, I drove a Chevy. I couldn't breathe. Honestly, it was, you know, she's a very funny woman to me. I, I very much enjoy her when she's on my screen. I just think she's like, I think she's always a little wine drunk. Like I think she's always like a glass and a half of red wine in at all times. And like, I really love that about her. Anyway, so with her, Teresa Melania, who I'm terrified of, and she's eating those little pretzel twists. I got to tell you guys, I was craving the pretzel twists. And so she is in the car with Melania and Adriana. Louis calls. The devil himself calls. And he starts talking about Avra, this restaurant that they're going to on Thursday. I think the, the weekend of the wedding. And because Teresa was just talking about it and she's like, this is what we're planning, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Louis goes, "Okay, Jackie plus one, Melissa or Margaret plus one, Jennifer plus one. He names all these people and then goes, but no, Melissa and Joe. Right. The look on Teresa's face was embarrassment, shock. Like, couldn't believe it. Like, it was like she was a cat and she just got caught with the canary. Like, that's what it felt like. And she was like, Louie, we're on camera. And he's like, oh, shit. And it's in the mo- those moments that it's like, how the fuck do Teresa-obsessed people, like, not fucking see what I'm seeing? Like, I don't get it. And then we go to the party. She thanks everybody for being there but Melissa and then we meet a woman named Nicole Greco Depas. I've never wanted to know more about a woman in my life. She comes in like a bat out of hell. She goes, that was really uncool. And I'm like, is this woman okay? She's Teresa's trainer, Nicole Greco Depas. That was really uncool. I would have thanked you. It was so crazy. It was like a voice that came from the depths of hell. I had no idea where this voice was coming from. And then all of a sudden she's in the frame and I'm like, this is why I fuck with. Oh my God. My mic just fell. Sorry, you guys. This is why I fuck with Jersey. That was, that was Nicole Krakow Deepa's like coming for me. That was her. That was my karma. Um, my mic falling. But anyway, this is why I love Jersey is because 
we meet these people. There's always these little side characters who I just like, who are characters. Like they are truly fucking characters. And I just like, I, I can't get enough, you know, I can't get enough, but <sighs> things seem to pop off next week. So let's take a break and then we will get into Vanderpump. I feel like I'm Peter Jennings when I like flip over my paper with all my notes on it. Like, well, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Okay. So Andy and everybody has kind of said that this is the episode where things really start to come together. Like the puzzle pieces are puzzling. And I, I mean, I thought it was last week that things started to pop off. But this episode was jam packed with just so much. I mean, so many lies, so many lies, you guys. So there's a group going glamping. It's Ariana, Sandoval, Raquel, Brock, and Sheena. And they're going to like some random farm with like a tent. And I got to tell you guys, I've gone glamping. I went last summer. It was really, really incredible. I do highly recommend going glamping. Like if you're not like a tent on the floor kind of girl or boy, um, it's really fun. I just don't go when it's too hot and don't bring your dog because um, Ruby did have a um, little bit of diarrhea and I'm not going to say a little bit. She had a lot of it in the tent. It was very traumatic. But anyway, that's a story maybe I've already told. So I, <laughs> I was going to say that's a story for another time. But I'm like, I feel like that's a frequent on this podcast. I feel like that one does come up quite a bit. It was it was a little traumatic, you know, so it's fresh in the mind. And I know that he's a fucking loser and I know that we hate him, but sometimes Schwartz just gets me good. He does. He gets me good when he just like is sitting on the floor petting that pig and he just looks at the man and goes, can we give them some treats? I was like, I love him. Like, I I know he's a demonic person when it comes to Katie and I know that he like lives up Sandoval's asshole, but they're in little moments like it was kind of like Brock last week asking Christina Kelly if she needed sunscreen I was just like it's in these moments where I'm just like wow you know like you see them as people sometimes you know I don't know how to explain it then we get to little James and Lala and I gotta tell you guys I've never rooted for a couple more I need them to just tear each other up again I need them making love I need them smooching kissing licking biting sucking and fucking I need it all and now they are just so meant to be and like I really like Allie but I just think like if Lala looked at James and said let's fuck he would in a goddamn heartbeat I promise you I promise if Raquel if Lala oh my god ew can't believe I even just almost said her name if Lala yeah if she initiated it he would be ride me cowboy like like Brady and then just like that it would be on and popping so she kind of starts talking about this whole Raquel and Sandoval situation she's like well you know that Katie told me that Raquel spent the night at Sandoval's and Ariana wasn't there and James just looked so like yeah that tracks but also what the fuck are you even saying to me right now and I don't know, like when Ken Todd 
when they played that clip. He is like an animatronic coming in like the old Chuck E. Cheese animatronic sliding in, sliding out. He's like, Raquel spent the night at Sandoval's and Ariana wasn't there. I'm out. And then like shuts down like whirs and then like leaves. Obviously, Lisa told him to say that. Obviously, Lisa said, when I'm, you know, take a bite of the sandwich, I need you to come in and say this specific sentence and then I need you to leave. And I got to tell you, that's why she was a great housewife for a long time, because it didn't used to be the sloppy. She used to be used to be pretty, pretty good, pretty secretive. You know, when she packed the magazines in the suitcase. Oh, that was such a good season. I love that season. Anyway, so Raquel was an hour and 30 minutes late to sir. She was an hour and 30 minutes late to her job. She ended up looking like shit. I got to tell you guys, I don't think she looked that bad. I've rolled up looking. If I was an hour and a half late, like I, I don't think I would look like shit. I feel like it's when you roll up 20 minutes late that you look the worst because you were rushing. You know what I'm saying? But anyway. And there's just like little tiny slips in this episode where Lala's talking to Raquel about like, why are you late? And she goes, well, I know it looks bad rehearse staying the night at Sandoval's without Ariana. It's like, well, why would you say that? Are you saying that because of Schwartz? Was there? Or are you saying that because Sandoval was there? Then we get Sandoval on the phone. And he's like very married to that to the word dipping out. She dipped out. She dipped out. She dipped out. What the fuck are you talking about? You are 42 years old. Stop it. Stop. He's like, dude, no, come on, dude. Dude, come on. It's like, first of all, she's not your dude. She's your boss. And a and a friend a friend and you're calling her dude and also it's lisa fucking vanderpump shut up that's just not the person you call dude you know then he goes and smokes weed with james and then james and him are talking and he's like yeah well she dipped out to my room oh i meant the guest room and like even james looks like okay like weird like very there are things there are ripples happening that are turning into waves and tsunamis And they did like a little flashback because when Ariana, excuse me, when Lala says the last time Tom talked about a girl like this, it was Ariana. And they did those flashbacks. I know everyone's talking about the golden nugget. I'm going to talk about Jax's mutton chops. We get like a small little like sneak like clip of like a like the camera zooming away and it's just all mutton chop and it's just like that was a really wild time on television but jack was like jacks was like constantly coked out and he had those like raging mutton mutton chops and his face was like beet red and sweaty oh my god coke bloat you guys remember memories um then you know we're back in glamping and ariana and sheena are talking about this whole like you know, Katie said that you guys are in an open relationship and Ariana's like, well, I'm not in an open relationship. So I'm not really sure why she's going around fucking saying that. And I'm sure in the back of Ariana's mind, she's like, this is my business partner. This is weird. But of course they address that at kind of at the end of the episode. Um, cause Ariana was like, you know, like, I just don't think that that's like cool. That's not, you know, and Katie's like, well, that's not really what I said. I just said like you and Tom have like an interesting relationship and they've all been kind of saying this for years. And Lala even said at this episode, she's like, Lala 
or she said, Ariana and Tom don't like when people talk about their relationship. They have a weird dynamic. They have something that they don't want discussed. And so it it's interesting watching Ariana be like, yeah, we don't have an open relationship, but, you know, Ariana did hook up with Lala. It's It's like, it's very little confusing, but I don't think that they ever had a conversation like, yeah, we're going to fuck other people. I just don't think that they were fucking period anybody. I mean, I'm sure he was. He was probably cheating left and right before Raquel. But um, then we get a little scene with Raquel and she says, these are my true core people. These are the people that look out for me. I love them. This is where it gets diabolical. This is when I'm like, what Tom did was so fucked up and so wrong. But when it comes to Raquel, there's just a sense of like evil and just it's incredibly diabolical to me that I can't even like wrap my mind around it. How she can sit there and cry and say, these are my friends. These are my best friends. Without you guys, I would have nothing. You took me under your wing, blah, 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 blah. Like having Ariana, who's in the midst of emotional and mental hell in turmoil, losing her grandmother and her dog within like weeks of each other, is having to comfort you. Having Ariana stand up for her relentlessly to people and Raquel does this to her and not only that but like it's not just like Raquel and Ariana like aren't friends it's like they're very very close friends they did Halloween costumes together Ariana felt comfortable enough having Raquel stay at her house and have it not even be a thought probably in the back of her mind then we see the preview for next week where Raquel's like don't you think it's weird that like you're in a relationship where you don't want to have sex it's like you are fucking sick for that sick to say that to someone while you're fucking their boyfriend, you are not a good person. There is something clinically wrong with you. I am not a doctor, but I'm sorry. If you can go through all of that lies and justification to yourself that what you're doing is okay and fine, you're a sick fuck, period. Period. I mean, when Ariana's literally in the confessional being like, I'm barely hanging on right now. I, my heart broke for her because I'm thinking, baby girl, you don't even know what's fucking going on. You don't even fucking know. But now I love seeing that she's thriving. I love seeing that she's getting brand deals. I love that she's just saying fuck you to Tom. Because at, at that point, like when something like that happens, like what he did, what I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, oh my God. I mean, we did talk about the trailer. That was dropped. The finale trailer that was dropped. That was crazy. And then Raquel talks about like her reputation, how she's always had to protect her reputation. And that was always something that meant to her, meant a lot to her. And I'm just thinking, wow, you really let all that go, didn't you? You know what I mean? Like, it's really, it's so fucking insane. I, I, I don't even have a lot of words for it because it just, which is great for a podcast, right? But to just see her talk the way that she is in the confessionals and knowing what we know, I'm just like, how the fuck do you do this? How do you sit there and cry? 
and say all this shit and do what you're doing to your friend. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And another thing that's horrible is Tom Sandoval's spray tan. I don't think it gets enough shit. Frankly, it's so disgusting. He looks like he rolled around in dirt. He just constantly looks dirty. He constantly looks drunk. He's just really, he's disgusting. He's so disgusting. And then they go to Christina Kelly's um, Heart Spring launch. And this brand has actually been around for a long time. I remember when she launched it back like years and years ago. Um, it really was just the three chapsticks. Like I do, I specifically remember that and I don't know why because my brain is like rotten. But so I'm like proud. Like I, it was nice seeing like Katie with her sandwich stuff and um, Lala with her give me Lala brand and then or give them Lala and then seeing Christina with her. Like it was really great because they're like really fucking doing it. You know, it's not just watching two Tweedledee and Tweedledum stumble around West Hollywood trying to figure out how to like, you know, run a bar or how to even like unlock a door to open the bar. Like it just that these women are actually in it and they're actually doing it. And I love that so much. Um, I have to tell you, it was so fucking weird and ballsy a frickel to show up in that outfit to that little party to show up with your whale tail hanging out. Like it made me sick, frankly. I was like, oh, we're in a whale tail in front of Katie's mother. Like how, how do people, I don't know. It just seemed so strange. And like, I don't know why no one is talking about this. It's all I could think about. I was like, why is Raquel in a whale tail? It was very strange. And then of course we get, you know, the whole Lala talking to Ariana and being like, uh, Tom like stayed there on purpose. Like he didn't go with your, with you or leave after you uh, to, to get to you about your grandmother because he just chose not to. It's not because he couldn't. And I don't know why they keep saying like Jason left. It's like, okay, if Jason left, that's fine. But does Uber not exist? Maybe it doesn't where they were. Maybe they were like in the hills or something and like Ubers don't go up there. I don't know the geographical routes of Uber or Lyft, but it seemed odd. And just watching him be caught in these lies and Ariana just fucking nail him every time. And then we cut to the most heartbreaking confessional where she goes, I've always been Tom's biggest fan and he is not mine. That made me so fucking sad. It just makes me sad because it's like, oh my God, Ariana, like she probably feels at this point, like so crazy, you know, like what am I doing? Like what's going on in my relationship? Like where do we go from here? You know, they're probably, I think right now they're in couples therapy. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like they are, or they're about to be. Um, it's just, oh, oh, it just like breaks my heart. Like seeing these two fuckers just lie to her and then have Tom Sandoval with his fingers in his mouth. Just like, I don't know. It's like so disgusting. Oh, anyway. Well, you guys, that was the episode. I hope everybody has a beautiful and safe weekend. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Huda Media Production.